0: Solidarity with Belgium. Our thoughts are with you. The Wireless Institute of Australia has sent a sympathy message to our colleagues in Belgium, the latest country hit by the recent terrorist bombings. The two nations have been close since World War I where Australian soldiers fought with them and repeated the effort in World War II. Through its IARU member society, the Royal Belgium Amateur Radio Union, it was part of the WIA ANZAC 100 programme, The letter was to Philippe, ON8PV, who told us about how many Australians now visit Polygon Wood, the Brothers in Arms Memorial, and stop at the Anzac Rest Café, often tracing the footsteps of family members who served in the area. To honour the Polygon Wood and its memorial, a commemorative call sign, OP0PPY, was activated on April 25, 2015, Anzac Day. The WIA letter of sympathy to Belgium reads... We are saddened to hear the news of the terrorist attacks in your country. This is just a short note to say that our thoughts and prayers are with you, the Belgian people, and those who have been lost or injured by these despicable acts. We stand in solidarity with the Belgian people as we have done in years previous. And it was signed by Fred Swainston, Vice President, Wireless Institute of Australia.
1: from the WIA this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA this
0: is the WIA national news service for week commencing March 27 2016 the bumper easter edition WIA responses to ACMA repeater license delays earlier the WIA advised that a number of applications for repeater licenses faced a delay due to the processing needed by the ACMA The new Spectra system and staffing matters had caused lengthy delays in handling repeater applications, which can be new licences, amendments to existing licences or even relocation issues. The WIA has received many inquiries from repeater applicants asking why their request through the WIA was taking so long. Currently, new applications are being forwarded by the WIA to ACMA quite quickly. The WIA board has been aware of what is basically an ACMA resourcing issue and decided to take two actions in response. The WIA only makes a frequency recommendation, checks that the application is complete and then passes all the information over to the ACMA. An invoice from the ACMA is then issued when it reaches the stage of approval for it. The WIA is again to talk to the ACMA about the delays currently being faced. In the meantime, to help all repeater license applicants, the WIA website has a progress report of each application it receives. WIA.org.au website will record the progress through the WIA, including receipt, progress being made, and is being sent to the ACMA for its checks and issue. However, the WIA is unable to record when the ACMA decision is made, but at least repeater applicants will know the status of their application through the WIA repeater license process. The alternative to using the WIA system is to engage an expensive private frequency assigner who may be able to get a repeater license application approved by the ACMA quicker.
2: This is WIA Director Roger Harrison VK 2ZRH with a reminder for us all. You may remember in the first broadcast of the new year I waxed lyrical about that Scots expression "Old Lang Syne which is about remembering times gone by. Back then I introduced the idea of Bring Them Back, about reconnecting with amateurs you knew back in the day and encouraging them to return to the airwaves, even if they let their licenses lapse. From the ACMA's Register of Amateur Licensees it is clear that there are many amateurs who pay their license fees year in and year out but are not heard on the air and are rarely, if ever, seen at hamfests or club meetings. It is apparent though that they maintain an interest in the hobby but choose to be, or perhaps have to be, inactive for one reason or another. Likewise, there are those who let their licences lapse and have no current call sign, but their interest in amateur radio smoulders beneath the surface nevertheless. It occurred to me quite some time ago that if these amateurs could be encouraged to revitalise their once-burning interest, the hobby would be all the better for it. If, as individuals, we could track down one or two lapsed amateurs and encourage them to get that old spark back, Get a new call sign and explore what's new in amateur radio today. The ranks of amateur radio would rise and the airways would fill with enthusiastic signals. Remember, activity begets activity. If you think about it, there are many situations where you know or discover a colleague or acquaintance once held a call sign. They may well be amenable to being encouraged to return to amateur radio. I'm here once again to remind you of the Bring Them Back project for 2016. There are more situations where individuals may have let their interest in amateur radio lie dormant, and I've only outlined a few. Look out for the opportunities. You'll be doing something positive for the hobby. Get cracking. This is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for
0: VK1WIA News. WIA President speaks at another Sydney radio club. The Waverley Amateur Radio Society in Sydney's east had an interesting presentation from the President of the Wireless Institute of Australia, Phil Waite, VK2ASD, at a meeting Wednesday, March 16. While the WIA was founded in 1910, the Waverley Amateur Radio Society at Rose Bay is Australia's oldest continuously licensed radio club. It began in 1919. Introducing the guest speaker was Club President John Harper, VK2LJ, who described the occasion as an opportunity to hear the latest. Then WIA President VK2ASD began telling how it has been a busy time indeed in making submissions, meeting with those responsible for changes in the way Spectrum is regulated. Waverley Amateur Radio Society members heard about likely changes flowing from the Spectrum review the WIA is seeking greater recognition for amateur radio and to highlight and enhance its benefit to the community. In another review, the WIA is wanting to overhaul the amateur radio licence condition determinations to reflect more contemporary, internationally aligned privileges. These changes would not only make amateur radio a more relevant and attractive activity, said Phil, VK2ASD, but making it better placed to play a role in the drive for innovation and experimentation. Another WIA director will hit the hustings in April. A very interesting and topical talk will be given by WIA director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, at the St George Amateur Radio Society. Roger says his working title for his talk is Everything You Want to Know About the Future of Amateur Radio in VK, and Then Some. The Government Spectrum Reform Program will see a new Radio Communications Act that will change the whole landscape of licensing – competition for and access to spectrum and its use, the allocation of frequency bands and the regulation of users and applications. The whole radio communication industry, including Radio Amateur, is facing a perfect storm of challenging change. Roger VK2ZRH has been centrally involved with the WIA's response to the government's program of consultations over the past two years. On this broadcast over the past two weeks, he and President Phil reported on their attendance at the Australian Communications and Media Authority's industry conference, Radcoms 2016, and he promises to give those in the audience something of an insider's view of what may be ahead. Meanwhile, as a WIA director, Roger has also worked on the reform of the WIA national office operations in preparation for the new landscape of amateur radio licensing and licence conditions. Roger reports he's almost finished knitting his flame retardant suit for the occasion, expecting his talk will result in some questions. So be at the St George Amateur Radio Society Club Rooms Donnelly Park, Carl Parade, Connell's Point near South Hurstville for the start at 7.30pm Wednesday April 6. And if you're not near Hurstville, a little further to the north of Hurstville, attention travellers. If you're in the great south-east of VK4 early April, then does the Redcliffe and District Radio Club have a deal for you? Late notice I know, but their annual Redfest convention is next weekend, Saturday April 2 at St Michael's College, as you head towards Bribie. Full details are on the Redcliffe Club section on the main WIA website, and we'll have more for our Q News viewers in this week's local Q News. Latest Aussie Pico Balloon Afloat After being launched last Sunday from Melbourne, the Pico Balloon PS62, with an amateur radio payload, headed north through Victoria, then directly over Wagga Wagga in New South Wales, before leaving the Australian mainland at Wollongong. This time, Andy VK3YT reports the solar-powered balloon only had a 30-metre JT9 transmission, but that didn't reduce the enthusiastic trackers who reported its elevation, speed, direction and location. The high-altitude flight balloon PS62 did a long hairpin loop while off Australia over the Tasman. Its path was loopy, sharply turning to the west while between Australia and New Zealand and by Wednesday night was thought to have been lost in the water. Meanwhile, a balloon but some one metre in width has successfully circumnavigated the northern hemisphere. WIA International News reporter Jason will talk more on this after our next official
1: ID break. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au.
3: With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Intruders on trains. Man in trouble for cell phone jammer on public train. A 63-year-old financial analyst is facing serious charges in the USA because he used a cell phone jammer on a public train. Seems he hated people talking on their phones so much that he decided to use the jammer anyway. The man opened a beer and surveyed the car, scowling as he saw another rider talking on a cell phone a few feet away. He pulled a clunky black device topped with five antennas from his pocket and switched it on. Almost instantly, commuters, who had been talking on their phones, had their signals go silent. So, here in VK, no jammers nor beer pleas, both illegal, particularly the green bottles on trains. Over the horizon radars becoming routine visitors on amateur HF bands. The International Amateur Radio Union Region 1 Monitoring System, IARUMS, has reported a spate of over-the-horizon OTH radar signals on various amateur radio HF bands, exclusive and shared. Many of these signals are being heard outside of the Region 1 confines. A 50 kHz wide Russian OTH radar has been heard in the evening on 80 metres, often in the CW part of the band. An often long-lasting Russian OTH signal about 13 kHz wide is being heard on the 7.0 to 7.1 MHz segment of 40 meters. while some digital traffic FSK or PSK and a Kodar-like radar from the Far East are being heard in the 7.0 to 7.2 MHz segment as well as non-amateur CW transmissions. The same OTH radar being heard on 40 metres also is appearing on 20 metres, along with digital traffic in FSK or PSK and on CW and broadband OTH radar signals from China. Broadband OTH radars from China, Australia, Cyprus and Turkey have been monitored in 15 metres, it's said. On 10 metres, radars from Iran with FMCW and different sweep rates have been monitored, as well as fishery buoys on CW and taxi operations on voice from Russia. Yes, the bans aren't dead, but these are signals we don't want to hear. Over the horizon and back the other way, UK student balloon flies around the world. On Monday, the 21st of March 2016, the UBS EDS-14 balloon, launched by the University of Bristol Students, completed its circumnavigation of the Northern Hemisphere. Watch out, Andy, the balloon wars are on high-high. The University of Bristol Students for the Exploration and Development of Space, UBS-EDS, launched their balloon on Monday, March 8, powered by a single AA lithium energizer battery, LR91. During the flight at an altitude of about 11,500 metres, the balloon has been transmitting telemetry data at four-minute intervals using 5 dBm output of Contestia 161000 on 434.6 MHz USB. Additionally, the payload has the capability of 144 MHz APRS. The balloon has a diameter of 1.5 metres and the payload weighs just 21.3 grams. The team have managed to employ sophisticated geofencing technology to prevent the balloon transmitting when over certain countries and also to select different APRS frequencies depending on the territory being overflown.
1: News, talk and radio sport,
4: here with VK1 WIA. Operational news on Felix VK four FUQ twenty sixteen CQ WWPX SSB Contest this weekend twenty sixth and twenty seventh March. Harry Angel 80m sprint WIA, Saturday seventh of May QRP hours contest on the 9th of April ten ten international summer contest August six and seventh. Remembrance R.I.D. RD contest August thirteen and fourteen. 36 of Lara Contes on the last four weekend in August, August 27 28. On the awards front, VK5 National and Conservation Parks Award third year anniversary. Here is WIA Director and the VK5 Parks Award Manager, Paul VK5PAS.
5: The VK5 National and Conservation Parks Award is celebrating its third birthday this year. And to celebrate the event, a special activation weekend is being held on Saturday the 2nd and Sunday the 3rd of April 2016. Amateurs are encouraged to take part as either park activators or park hunters over the weekend. Previous anniversary weekends have proven to be extremely popular. So far this year, a total of 11 amateurs have registered to participate. A total of 33 different national and conservation parks across South Australia are to be activated and put on air. The event is now under two weeks away so if you do intend to activate a park please register with Paul VK5PAS by sending an email with your planned activations to vk5pas at wia.org.au Please don't leave it to the last minute. A spreadsheet is being maintained of all intended park activations which serves a number of purposes. It will assist with preventing double up activations of the same park, act as a reference point for those hunting the parks over the weekend, and will assist in preparing some stats at the end of the weekend. A reminder the special activation weekend is Saturday the second of april and Sunday the third of april twenty sixteen. Best seventy three and thanks for listening. I'm Paul VK five Papa Alpha Sierra, the VK five Parks Award Manager.
4: More information can be found on the VK5 Parks Award website, vk5parks.com. To special event stations, DX, Beacon, Repeater and NetAdvice. Have your VK0EK in the log? When the team arrived on Heard Island, the rosy light of sunset danced on Snow Mawson Peak, a nearly full moon shone in the north, and the silvery slopes of Big Ben stood sentinel over Atlas Cove. All was quiet, awaiting the massive RF to come. Bill Mitchell, AEOEE, has also supplied impressive log of contacts for their maritime mobile operation as ZL-ZS9HI-MM on their way to Heard Island. 7,745 contacts. 5,011 unique stations representing 101 DXCC entities. The top five entities worked were K, DL, UA, I, and UR. So to Worldwide AM Activity Weekend. On the coming weekend of 1, 2, 3 in April, the SOTA community will be heard making contacts using AM, just for fun, a bit like a prelude to the well-established AM for Anzac Day event. This weekend has been endorsed as a worldwide AM activity period within the SOTA community, so you may even hear DXAM signals. More in Special Interest Group news during this newscast. Bill K1CN is on the air as C6AMM from Harbour Island in the Bahamas, IOTA. NA001 until the 3rd of April. Activity is hollow style on the 6 to 40 meter bands using mostly SSB with some CW. QSL direct to his home call sign. Bogdan, SP2FUD, and Zenek, SP2GCJ will be on the air as C5FUD and C5GCJ respectively from Rafut in the Gambia until the 1st of April. Activity will be on the 10 to 80 metre bands using CWSSB and RTTY. This includes a possible entry in this weekend's CQWPXSSB contest. QSL to the home call signs. AM and CW on Anzac Day. The Tableland Radio Group is once again requesting radio amateurs in Australia and New Zealand to use the old radio modes that were used by our servicemen and women in the many wars and peacekeeping missions. Joining us with an AM recording is Mike VK4MIK.
6: The idea for this event came from a telephone conversation between ex sergeant Lionel Veal, who was a World War II coast watcher, and myself about operational radio use. Lionel used the Australian ATR-4 Alpha to transmit and receive signals whilst on operations and was very complimentary about the transceiver's capabilities on AM and CW. From this conversation, the Tableland Radio Group developed the concept of using amateur radio on the old modes of AM and CW as a form of amateur radio salute to those that served or are still serving in our country's defence forces. The first Australian action in World War I was in German New Guinea to disable the powerful radio stations near Rebel and the nearby islands. Radio played a major part of the campaigns at Gallipoli with the HMASAE2 breaking through to attack the Turkish shipping and reports from Gallipoli. It was also used in the Desert Campaign and the Western Front. The use of AM and CW continued from World War I to World War II, Korea, Malaya and early Vietnam. This will be the sixth year that this event has taken place and we are again asking radio amateurs to switch to AM and CW on Anzac Day. If possible, use ex-military or old transceivers and consider setting up on historic defence sites. In Queensland, ex-HMAS Diamantina VK4RAN will be operational from 0300 Zulu until 0700 Zulu Using CW on seven 7.020, 7.025 and fourteen decimal and fourteen MHz. megahertz. In northern Queensland, the afternoon net will be on AM on seven MHz megahertz from early afternoon until 0700 Zulu. In conclusion, we ask that radio amateurs move to AM or CW on Anzac Day in remembrance of those that served, lest
4: we forget. Thank you, Mike Patterson, BK4MIK from the Tableland Radio Group. Finally this week, Hero will be active in Tonga as A31MM during the CQWWWPX SSB Contest, taking place this weekend, March 26 and 27. He will work a single op, all band low-power entry. QSL via EA5GL. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FU, Quesn. From Australia,
1: this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au.
0: Media Watch and your digital copy of AR Magazine. The Digital Wireless Institute of Australia Monthly Magazine is available for download for any financial WIA member who has already registered with Memnet and obtained their member password. Financial members can go to the WIA website and download the digital amateur radio magazine. To draw initial attention to the latest edition of AR being released, a courtesy email was issued to all members with a link to the current month's AR Magazine page on the website. However, any WIA MemNet member can go directly to the page on wia.org.au and download a digital amateur radio magazine without the courtesy email. On the cover is the SOTA station, set up by Andrew, VK1AD, Portable VK3, on Mount Hotham. And an interesting report on that activity is inside. The WIA President Phil Waite, VK2ASD,
7: frankly talks about the change management process that was set and agreed by the WIA Board of Directors in 2015. It included a new Executive Administrator, Bruce Defolds, VK3FBLD, for the restructured office. During this change came the resignations of a Director and two Treasurers, one after a very short term. In a letter to the editor section, former Treasurer Chris Chapman, VK3QB, raised a number of issues. The WIA Board of Directors' response letter is also published. In other contents, the GAP Titan II antenna is reviewed by Peter McAdam, VK2EVB, and the spark gap signal of submarine HMAS AE-2 that changed ANZAC history, is written by Michael Chartres, VK4QS. The WIA talks about amateur radio, past, present and future, after being invited to write in the Australian Journal of Telecommunications and Digital Economy. Amateur Radio magazine also has special interests, events and club news. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3PV, and you're listening to VK1WIA. Good morning, this is Robert,
8: VK3DN, with this week's worldwide special interest group news. Worldwide special interest groups ATV. Vintage TV report on VI6VIP. A TV news report exists on the interweb about a special event amateur radio station, VI6VIP, at which hams in the VK6 Perth area legally worked the coastal radio station callsign VIP using crossband HF in November 1992. The radio amateurs used the ham bands and VIP used a coastal radio HF frequency. The actual contacts to VIP are not shown, but some well known VK6 amateurs at the time appear in the video when the video unfortunately is not quite the best quality. The original Coastal Station VIP opened in 1912 at Wireless Hill in Perth where the video was made. Google VI6 VIP 1992 Wireless Hill. Worldwide Special Interest Groups CW. Fists down under Founder Honored. For his vision in June 1998 to form a fist club for Australasia and considerable voluntary work since, Ralph Sutton, ZL2AOH, has been made a fist down under life member. A humble Ralph of Wellington, New Zealand said, I'm gobsmacked. I never considered that what I did was for anything else than my own pleasure. Seeing it grow and creating dozens of new friends was reward enough. The New Zealand chapter was formed in 1998 to provide a similar service to Australasia, with Ralph ZL2AOH as the VKZL representative. He was the editor of the monthly newsletter for those with a common love of Morse Code, which is devoted exclusively to CW operators and CW operating. Fist has had amateur radio activities including nets, rag-chewing awards, QRP, contesting and, of course, Elmering others by patient sending. Worldwide special interest groups Rescue Radio. Ham Radio does save lives. A Norwich Bulletin in the USA describes how amateur radio operators have saved lives and property. The item is written by Larry Wolfgang WR1B, who has been a licensed amateur radio operator since he was 16 years old. He enjoys many aspects of amateur radio, including two-way communications with other amateur radio operators or hams across the U.S. and around the world. For the last 33 years, Larry has worked for the American Radio Relay League in Newington, where he's been the technical editor with a number of editing responsibilities. He also enjoys preparing for emergency communication situations and helping provide public service communications for many local running events, bicycle races and other events. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Summits of the Air SOTA Worldwide AM Activity Weekend On the coming weekend, the 1st, 2nd and 3rd of April the SOTA community will be heard making contacts using AM just for fun. Most modern radios will produce a reasonable AM signal and it's possible to make AM contacts even with the low power that most Sota Summit activators use. A few tried AM in last April of last year and found it was good fun with many callers joining in just to try the mode, many having not used AM for so many years. Hearing AM signals on 40 metres makes voices mostly clear but at some times of the day they can be quite noticeable selective fading something completely missing on SSB. On the normal VHF bands of 6 and 2 metres, AM signals were very clear with uncritical tuning, but had some more background noise than they would have had on FM. On 40 metres, there's an AM net on 7125, and some members of which are crystal locked. to so calls on that frequency for contacts with AM net members, as well as other frequencies higher in the Australian band allocation. 7200 is suggested as a starting point for general calling other than 7125. On 80 metres there's often good propagation supporting contacts up to 1,000 kilometres for low power stations. And a SOTA activator on 80 metres could well make many contacts on AM after sunset. SOTA apologises in advance for using twice as much bandwidth as a well-aligned SSB signal, but it won't be for long. This weekend has been endorsed as a worldwide AM activity period within the SOTA community, so you may even hear some DX AM signals. Andrew, VK1DA, says you don't have to be a member or register to make contacts with SOTA stations, just respond to CQ's handout signal reports and join in the fun for the weekend of the 1st to the 3rd of April. Well that's all I have for you this week, this has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne.
0: Well, there you be, the bumper edition of the WIA National News Service for Easter 2016. On the social scene, April 2 in VK4, it's Redfest. April 10 in VK3, Daerbun Park for the ARDF Day. April 17 in VK6, it's Hag Fest, And also in VK6, April 30, Perth Tech. And April 29 to May 2 in VK4, the Clareview Gathering. Check the Mackay Amateur Radio Society's website. Till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Have a great Easter.
1: From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24 7 at wia.org.au.